Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Pete. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Unbusy Podcast. It's the show for self-employed people who want more time. Who want to be time rich. Who want to do meaningful work and be productive. While letting the busy go. Who want to enjoy their work days. And sometimes just go skiing on Wednesday afternoons. Or just take Fridays off. Self-employed people who want to spend their time where it matters. This is the Unbusy Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Unbusy Podcast. I am Raina Willick, your co-host, and I am here with your other co-host, Pete McPherson of Do You Even Blog Fame. And we are co-hosts together. To co-host together. Hey, do you remember that the the uh, what is it, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Christmas commercial where or Christmas special and the Herbie the the elf says, Let's be independent together. No, don't remember that. But I do remember the office where Jim and Michael Scott get to be co-managers, and then uh, I also am being promoted to co-manager. Co-manager. Sorry. Yes. No, that's co-host. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm stoked yes. To do talk about something. <laughs> yes. I got nothing. Okay. So we're going to talk about today how you are very intentional with your time. And we have had many conversations outside of this podcast, which is how we arrived here, about time being just as valuable, if not more valuable, than managing financial assets, which people usually spend a lot of thought and intention around. Um, And so you are now in a position where you've been able to design your schedule and your life around the things that you want to be intentional with and how you want to spend your time. And so I just want to open that up first. What are, what is your day like? What's your week like? So this past week, um, my, okay, so here's the deal. I work at home and I also really love being alone. <laughs> like when I'm working at home, I don't really like for anybody else to be here, including my, my lovely wife and two kids. It's not that I don't love them. I just do more work better. The work I want to be doing, by the way, right. when they're not around. Okay, so we had a four-day weekend last weekend because of President's Day, and they got Friday off before that, and there was a snow day the Thursday before that, and oh wow, three out of the four school days this week were also snow days. So my my kids and my wife have been out of the house (laughs) one day in the past uh, week and a half at this point, (laughs) almost two weeks. So... The reason I tell you this is um, there's something you said in our previous episode where I, I learned more about you, about building in Slack, building in margin to your schedule so that if anything does come up, you, you know you'll have a dedicated space to finish this project or do more work that you couldn't get done when XYZ was happening. Right. Well, that's been my entire uh, two weeks. It's been like the <laughs> Slack time of... I, I, I will admit, I've actually felt a little busy, but it's not necessarily, it, it's just because that slack time has been filled in because of all the snow days. Hopefully next week, my wonderful family, who I love dearly, will be gone and <laughs> I can actually like hit back to my regular schedule. So my week has been, it's still been great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just been more parenting than I'm used to and a little bit less normal quote unquote normal uh, 
workflow, if that makes any sense. Oh, it totally does. I, I think that after COVID, pretty much everyone can relate to exactly <laughs> what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. we, when, when COVID first happened, we were living in a 1,200 square foot uh, townhouse that was like totally open concept on all three floors. And oh, man, I had to move my desk to the closet and shut the door and just people try and re- people down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone. Well, it's the worst. Okay, so <laughs> so this has been an unusual week, but usually, um, what what does your work life look like usually? Yeah. So I, as opposed to you, am more unorganized, or uh, that, that sounds too negative, but let me just say unstructured. So the thing about being me, the thing that makes me care about my own time and energy, my own work, hobbies, free time, all this stuff, it kind of boils down to two things. One, actual laziness, which we'll come back and probably talk about later. I really do mean that, by the way. I'm not just being funny. Um, But also, unstructured time freedom. I'll say it again. It's a weird thing to say, but unstructured time. That is like my... That's what I love most of all. I don't even mind having meetings with people. I don't mind doing podcast interviews, obviously. I don't mind uh, doing work that I love, but also kind of coming back and doing some things that I don't really want to do, but I feel obligated to do and responsibilities and that stuff. I don't even mind all of the things as long as it's mostly unstructured. That's the way I prefer things. I don't want to have, for example, like themes for each day of the week. Like Monday is create day. Tuesday is admin. Wednesday is podcast interviews. Thursday is, and I don't even know. Yeah. That never worked for me. And I just dreaded every day, every day of the week. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that today. I did that a little bit yesterday. Or, oh, I would just rather get that done on Friday. I still get things done. I just prefer it to be extremely unstructured. So. Right. Oh, can I yeah. ask you a question about that? Please because, do. Because, yeah, um, there's part of me that thinks that. In my brain, I was trying to figure out what the hell I was even talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, because you and I are opposite this way, right? I am very structured. Um, and I find comfort in that. And I know that everything's going to get done so I can actually relax day to day. Whereas it sounds like being super structured, just immediately there's like an aversion. And I don't want anything to do with that. So how do you know that everything's going to get done? Say that one more time. You broke up just a little bit. How do I know what? So so when you've got an unstructured field of time before you, how do you know that you're going to get everything done that you need to get done? Great question. And I don't have a perfect answer, but there is a TED talk out there with the perfect answer. And it is from Tim Urban. Do you know Tim Urban? I don't. Wait, but why? Oh, Inside yes. the mind of a master procrastinator. Now, I'm not a master procrastinator like Tim Urban or some of my old college friends might have been. Like, really, really procrastinating. I'm not a master procrastinator, but I've always been really good. This is two answers. I'm rambling a little bit here, Raina. You, you Correct me if you, if you want me to shut up. I'm really good at doing things fast. You are. And I learned this at a a very early age. Throughout 
elementary school, definitely. Middle school and even into high school. And in college, I never did homework at home. Ever. Like, outside of class time. I just never did. I was in the back of the room just doing my homework really quick because I hated it. And I wanted to get it over with. And I was lazy. I wanted to do fun things at home. And it was the same thing once I entered like corporate America and my accounting job, right? I was constantly finding the fastest way to do things so I would not have to do them anymore. And sometimes that would look like the day before a deadline just because I knew I could get it done fast. Like if you gave me a paper to write, like a, a research paper for a college class right now, even at the ripe old age of late 30s, um, I would procrastinate because I know I can get it done in a night. I know I can. I do the same thing in my business. I know I can pump out a YouTube video in less than two hours, start to finish. I know I could pump out a podcast episode in 20 minutes, like for my podcast, not the unbusy podcast. I put way more time and energy into this podcast, but my main podcast, like <laughs> I just know I can do it fast. And if anybody hasn't checked it out, by the way, they, they should watch that video. I'm not like a massive Tim Urban fan, but that TED talk is really great. It's inside the mind of a master procrastinator. It's really good. And you asked me how I know things would get done. Yeah. That's it. I, I have confidence in my ability to crank some crap out if it needs getting done. And let me give you one example, and then we can move on. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll just throw out the name. No one cares. Um, so there's a company. We're actually using their app right now, Riverside.fm. They're phenomenal. They really are great people. A great product for podcasters. We've done three interviews uh, or like three podcasts. It's great. It works right. They sponsored my business uh, in exchange for some videos and other stuff like that. I procrastinated making these videos because it was not in my fun optimization at all. Like when I'm looking at my schedule, my unstructured time, this was like, I don't want to do this at all. They're paying me money, and I said I would, so I know it's going to get done at some point, but I don't want to, of course. It's work. It's not work that I want to do. It's work I feel I need to do, and I basically procrastinated and then just crushed it all at once, and I think I've done that for enough years now where I have confidence that I'm able to do that. I don't struggle at the last minute. I don't buckle under pressure um, when it comes to th these sorts of things in my business, at least. Does that make sense? Yeah. You look it, you look confused. Well, I just I have a question about it because I I mean honestly, this is your superpower. And it is. What 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 do you think is the key to being able to do that, right? Because lots of people are smart and efficient and knowledgeable and conscientious and and can't crank out things in that way. I don't know. I really don't. Um, <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head, I didn't actually say, but now I think it's funny because I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I am smarter, more efficient, more knowledgeable. And no, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, the truth is my brain functions in some sort of way where I'm able to focus in a very specific way. Not like focus as in focus in your business, because I suck at that. I always have. But focus in a like, I need to get this YouTube video done. My brain can really quickly organize what needs to happen. This, and then I need to do this, and then I need to do this, and think through this, and do this outline, take these notes. Then I'm going to do my camera, and no joke, 
this is part of my superpower. I think of time in a very specific way. My wife is the complete opposite. When you ask my wife what time it is, she's like, well, first of all, I don't know. <laughs> she never knows what time it is. And second of all, she's like, I have like 2.15, 2.30 or something. You ask me what time it is. And without looking at my watch, I'm usually like, it is 2.03 p.m. Because I just know what time it is. And we took a bathroom break in between podcasting like 20 minutes ago. And I did this thing when I went upstairs. And by the time I had walked upstairs from my basement, I had already calculated the exact order I need to do things in order to make tea, use the bathroom, say hello and check in on the wife and kids and also get a snack and then be back in here before Raina missed me. Cause we said five minutes, but I literally in the course of like walking upstairs, I already had all that mapped out and I was like, I'm going to be a minute or two late, but that's not long enough for Raina to be pissed at me and like texting at me. Like I kind of worked through all that time in my head by the time I even got upstairs. And so I went straight to the water and put the water on to boil. Cause I knew I could do other things while that water boils. And then I came so, back and did tea last. And then I walked downstairs and here we are. Like that's the way my brain functions for everything. You know what I'm actually seeing as a common thread here that you are much better at than most people. What you're actually really good at is estimating the time that a task will take you. And not only I'm, estimating. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Well, no, I was just going to say what I mean by that is I think that many people, we end up busy because we frequently underestimate the amount of time that a specific task will take for specifically us. And you are really good at that. Yeah, I think. But even I still, I think even I still underestimate. Mm -hmm. um, I edited a YouTube video earlier today in about half an hour. Um, which is not great, but it's also like way faster than most people, I think, edit videos. Um, also, I know how, like I have the knowledge and experience to do that, but it still took me longer than I would have said. So I think the second part of the equation, this is also, this is the same superpower. This is just two halves. Number one would be estimating. Actually, there's three. There's three sides to this coin. <laughs> that made no sense. We're uh, in another dimension. One, <laughs> yes. The first one would be kind of getting that in your head naturally. Like how much does this task take or how much time does this project take? Um, I don't remember the second one. Damn it. I just lost it. Doesn't matter. But the third one would be the ability to do it in the amount of time, even if it's not a hundred percent yet. So there's a thing as like perfectionism. I don't yeah. have that. And I never yeah. have. This is right? what I was going to ask um, you about. Yeah. This, I think, is also part of my superpower. And, oh, so I, I interviewed Seth Godin, who I've always loved his his books and stuff like that. And he said something on my podcast. Actually, he said it before, too. Um, the guy who created and still runs Saturday Night Live to this day, it's the same like executive wow. producer. I can't remember his name at the moment. He's famous for saying Saturday Night Live doesn't go on air because it's ready. Saturday Night Live goes on air because it's Saturday night. Right? This yeah. is the thing. And I I do that. I will turn that paper in if it's 80%. I will get down here to record with Raina after five or six minutes, like I said I would, even if I didn't get that snack. I will 
get this YouTube video published by 10 a.m. if it means like it's not as great as it could be. And quite frankly, I'm aware of that throughout the entire process. When I publish a video at 10 a.m. and it's 9.15, I'm literally every like three or four minutes, I'm checking in with the clock, keeping this time, like this internal clock in my head, like, okay, I got to skip some things now because it has to get out at 10 a.m. And then it's 10.45 and I'm like, you know what? I can't do that. It's got to get out at 10 a.m. And I know I need to be publishing and creating a thumbnail by 9.50. Like, I'm weird like this, but these are the things that go on in my brain organically. This is how I get things done fast. It's, a, it's my superpower. How do we start so, talking about this? I don't even know. That makes me sound really <laughs> yeah. cool and smart, though, so let's keep talking. Yeah, well, well, I think this is part of, this is part of how you are able to manage your week and your time and your workload. I think this is part of the secret is this ability to get things done quickly, to estimate what that is and the steps needed, and then to send it out into the world um, at that appointed time, the mental, the mental deadline you've given yourself. I think this is something that creators, business owners, because most people, when they start their own business, they're conscientious and, you know, they want their work to come out to the world a certain way. How do you, how do you overcome those thoughts around, um, what if this isn't good enough? Can we come back to that? Yeah. What if this isn't good enough? Let's come back to that. Cause I I remember the second part of the three headed coin. Oh yes. We need Um, our third side. I should have chose like a pyramid. No, that has way more than three sides. It doesn't matter. The point is, uh, the second one was systems and workflow. Uh, systems and workflow. I am very into, let me give you an example. So there's a lot of different ways you could record and publish a podcast. One of the ways that I routinely do podcasts is I've, I won't, I won't tell you the entire system, but here's what it looks like in practice. I pick up my phone. I navigate to the app. I hit record. I talk right? I record the podcast. I say whatever I'm going to say. I hit end. I hit one button and it's that one button edits it, uh, adds a compress, add compression, noise reduction, leveling. You know, you have to know what these things mean, but it, it processes post production for the audio. It then uploads it to the internet. It then uploads automatically to my podcast host of choice. Just one click. Boom. It is done. Wow. Now it's live to the world. And it was edited, it was published, it's been leveled, the luffs are correct. By the way, I already have my intro and outro in the app, and so I just add those on. They're pre-recorded. I don't have to record the intro or outro or background music or sound effects. It's all done beforehand. So the time it takes me to publish a 10-minute podcast episode is 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. These are the stupid nerdy systems and things that I obsess over. And it's not just the podcast, but it's everything. It's the software tools I use. It's the email I use. It's I'm, I'm looking at Notion and Riverside.fm. Part of the reason I use Riverside is because it has some of these cool things that make my workflows easier and faster. And I obsess over that stuff and always have been. Part, part of it is because I'm lazy, but part of it is also because I'm just nerdy and kind of enjoy it. So that's okay. a what were we supposed the to prioritization come? system. Yeah. Oh, no, briefly, I, I just I think that perfectionism is something that wrecks lots of people's week and schedule. Um, 
because of obsessing over something before it goes out into the world. And you just seem like you have this down to an art. So I was just looking for any, any nuggets around that you would want to share with our audience. I do have one nugget. And I, unfortunately, it's the only <laughs> nugget's one of my favorite words. I don't know why I like it so much, but I do. Um, nugget. It's a nugget that it can only really come from experience. But I'll tell you what the nugget is. At some point, I just realized that nobody cared as much mm-hmm. as me. If that article is not 100% done, if this design isn't like 100% done yet, if this one podcast is like only like 90% as good as it could be, no one cares. No one cares as much as we think they do. No one cares yeah. about your work as much as you do. Not a single soul listening to this podcast is going to care about it as much as Raina and Pete. And unfortunately, I think I just learned that from experience. I would literally publish videos that I freaking spent days and days and days on. And I made funny things and I made B-roll for these videos. And I, I just spent so much time and energy making it extraordinary only to have it perform mediocre. And then put out another video the next week that I just half-assed and slapped out there because I just didn't have enough time and it gets shared and it gets viewed. And so I think if you do that enough times, you realize like you can't predict what other people find valuable Mm -hmm. or find perfect, by the way. Like we think of perfectionism. You don't know what other people think is perfect. Ooh, Maybe there's like strict grades. If you're still in school, like that, that might be a little different, but in the real world, in your work, you just never know. And chances are no one cares as much as you do. Yeah. My nugget. Eat it well. <laughs> Makes a ton of sense. I want to I want to come back. This feels like a good place to come back to. You mentioned uh actual laziness and said you wanted to revisit this concept. And this made me think of something you told me a few months ago that has stuck with me all the way till now. Um, Ooh, which is I'm curious to hear this nugget. Yeah. At some point. What nugget did I give you a couple of months ago? <laughs> I'm oh. oh, sorry. sorry. I'm just thinking, that makes me think of chicken tenders, and now that's what I want for dinner. I know, me oh. too. That's why I like it so much. Sorry. So, okay. No, I, we were talking about uh, a few months ago this idea of having time freedom. <laughs> what? Now I have to ask. No, no, no. no. Okay, no, no. Okay, no sir, I'm going to talk it anyways. This is fun optimization here. Part of me was thinking at the last second, let's change the name of this podcast to Time Nuggets. And then I was like, <laughs> This is literally the worst idea I've ever had. Okay. Unless unless you're listening to this and you look at it and see that we have changed it and it says time nuggets and you'll know. You'll yeah, know like, what was it called originally? I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, so back to this. Okay. So we were talking about time freedom and like owning being okay with time freedom. Um, because, you know, lots of people, you become self-employed and everybody thinks like you just got all the time all day. And then uh, suddenly when people insinuate that, you feel the need to defend like what you're doing, even though no one totally understands. And there's just this sense of kind of busyness and a full schedule being equivalent to being a worthy person in society, right? Like there are demands on your schedule. It means that people need you, you're doing, you know, people want you, that kind of thing. So you and I were talking about uncoupling that, like being okay with that not being the biggest thing in your week, like having this unstructured time that you're talking about. 
And you were telling me, you know those people who are so wealthy, they don't care if they drive an old Toyota or if they're wearing khakis they've had since high school when they go out because they just are so confident around the fact that they know they are wealthy and who they are that they just don't care. And you were like, that's how I am with my time now. Tuesday morning, I'm out watering the lawn. People next door think I'm unemployed. I just don't care. I am so time wealthy. I don't care. How did you get to that point? Because it's, you know, that's not a cultural norm for us in Western society. No, it's not. Um, Before I share what I think is my answer, I want to admit that I don't have this figured out yet. And you know this, but I've struggled with this for a long time. Being okay with who I am. Being okay. Mm, Being confident and comfortable in my own skin. Like yeah. now that I have ch- ch- six, sorry, achieved, now that I have achieved this time freedom, being okay, being that person, I want to I wanna share with you where that, I think that comes from. And I've told you this probably years ago at this point, but um, I've always had this issue slash challenge of I don't want to let people down. I don't want to let people down. That's my bottom line. If I feel like I've let anybody down, it is the worst feeling in the whole world. And I think I think everybody listening to this would agree like that's a bad feeling. But oh yeah. I think I've let it impact my actions and my life more than other people have. Like I've let that carry over into making myself busy cuz I don't want to let this person down. And I now that I'm an imp- Oh my god, I almost called myself an influencer without blinking. Now that I'm an influencer. <laughs> I have an audience that I don't want to let down. I told him I was yeah. going to upload a YouTube video every Wednesday. And if I miss a week, I'm letting people down. So I still struggle with this for sure. I do every week. I really do. It's always been an issue dates back to uh, my experiences in college, letting people down and yada, yada. I won't give you the full backstory, but let's just say it's always been there. Um, I think I don't really know where I was going with that other than, it's something I've been intentionally working on the past two years. And I think that's important. I think that's actually the answer because up until 2020 ish, I don't think I was intentionally working on it. In fact, let me give you some credit here. So you've helped me with this. Honestly, the answer is Raina to some degree. So something you asked me um, years ago, or maybe like a year and a half ago or whatever, it was like, what's your definition of success? First of all, that one alone stumped me because I just, I remember I know, that, I actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More. That's my answer. Isn't that anybody's answer to what is success? Define success. What does it look like in your life, in your business, or whatever? I didn't have an answer. And I still can't. If you ask me that question today, I'd be like, damn it. Raina's like coaching me again. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the answer. Um, but am I okay being that person? Like, I have time freedom. I'm a little lazy. I like playing computer games. I like skiing. During the middle of the week, I like watching movies during the middle of the day. Am I okay being that person? That has been an intentional goal of mine to work on the past two years. It never was before. So I think that's my answer. I, don't, I still don't have it all figured out. I still feel guilty. I still feel obligated to do work, to do things and on any given day or week, I still feel that, but it's getting better and it's getting easier. 
the more time goes on because I'm intentionally working at it. I'm meditating on it. I'm asking myself, why do I feel this way right now? Why am I angry at myself? Because I'm a week late recording YouTube videos or little stuff like that. I never questioned it before, but I question it heavily now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to point out here that what you're describing, you know, going skiing during the week, watching a movie, just, I mean, what you're actually describing is just doing things you enjoy. Um, totally. And, and so I think it's interesting that we equate doing things you enjoy with being lazy. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Cause I could be working. I could, uh, be, I could yeah. be growing. I yeah. could be serving other people. Or doing moral things. But instead, I'm doing things for me. And I'm the only one who benefits from going skiing on Friday. Oh, I'm not, actually. This is another point we could come back to. But in the moment, it feels like I'm the only one benefiting from this. Which is actually not true. Because that makes me a better person, a better husband, mm. a better entrepreneur. But That's where I was going to go with that. It feels like it in the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, you just hit on something that is because I mean, I know you. I know you outside of work and within work environments, right? Like you show up for people. You are a good dad, a good husband. You know, you make sure things happen in your business to move things forward. So, I mean, I I know and I can say this to our listeners that like Pete is not neglecting his other responsibilities to go skiing on a Wednesday. But I think it's interesting that, I mean, that is part of, I mean, starting out doing your own thing is so that you can do meaningful work, meet your obligations and enjoy your life. And it feels like there's always, there's this, and it does, it fills your own bucket to help you show up better for all those places. But there's definitely this sense of, but I could be doing something else that I think haunts many of us who have our own business. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, what do you think has changed over the last two years? As you said, you've worked on this to get more okay with that. Um, that sounds silly, but it kind of was like this, just not light bulb moment or like a snap decision. But at some point, I think I just kind of understood that, I needed to make a change from my mindset perspective of I need to be loving myself more, quite frankly, just being honest. Like I need to be okay with this. I like doing these things. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I'm still getting work done and I'm still making enough money to survive. It's not great. It's hard every now and then, but it's enough. Um, I don't think working 10 to 20, 30% extra is going to do a whole lot more. Like it's not going to have that big of a result at this point. I just need to be okay with this. Like it was a, a light bulb decision. I mean, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. But uh, the point is, it was just like, I had to do that. And th- I think that was around a year and a half ago, two years ago. And since then, I've, I've been using that as the coffee filter of life, right? Like when things come up, I want to go skiing tomorrow. Thou more than ever before, it's like a coffee filter of like, all right, I got to put stuff through this filter and we'll see what comes out the other side. What do I need to do? What do I want to do? What commitments do I have? 
What deadlines do I have? And then I kind of make an informed, educated decision. I never did that before. Um, now I have the the nugget filter. There we go. I just made up a name for it. Right there. Not a coffee filter. Now I have the nugget filter. This is an, a tool in my toolkit whenever I want to take time off, whenever I want to go on vacation, whenever I want to go skiing, whenever I want to play video games, like this stuff. Um, now I run it through the filter. I make that informed decision as best I can. And that has helped me become more comfortable with it, more confident with it. Right. I don't know if that made sense you, or not. You, yeah. And you said something that I think is really insightful that I want to make sure I pull out is you said I could work another 20 or 30% right now, but in this moment at this stage, it probably wouldn't make that big of a difference. And that 20% then can be the difference in having a really freaking awesome life where you're doing some stuff that really makes you happy and allows you to show up in better ways all the rest of the time. And those are way bigger returns on that 20% of your time than if you just, I don't know, made another Instagram post or recorded another podcast. I mean, right? Like, like what you, you're pulling out, like, where's the best return on this last 10 or 20%? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Oh my God. We've been going for like 32 minutes. What else we got? I know. I was just about to say, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, uh, I was just going to talk about nuggets more in case you wanted to like, you know, talk <laughs> about other stuff. I, I was going to bring, I have, I have a couple of, we haven't found a name for it quite yet. Uh, it's not the unbusy round. It's not, uh, maybe it's the slow round instead of the lightning round. But a couple of questions that I want to ask you as, as we start to land this plane um, about using your time intentionally in your life and your business for Pete. Okay, so the first question that I want to ask you is, do you have any non-negotiables in your business or your life? And by that, I mean things that, that, that are, they are set in stone in a way. Yeah. I don't accept meetings from people I don't know, period. When it, just for the business. And I don't think everybody's going to have this problem, but I think if you are in any number of more, crazy industries or crazy niches like online marketing that's what i talk about i talk about marketing and it's a weird thing where you don't even have to have a billion followers in order to get lots of people emailing you for your time even mm. three months into do even blog i wasn't making that much money i didn't have that big of an audience i'm still getting like podcast guest outreach emails and to this day i just get tons every day of the week it just blows my mind but those are absolutely non-negotiables to me. There's no. There's just no. And it took me a while to get there because I felt I needed to respond to these emails, which eats up time in itself, or I need to like say yes. That was very early on. <laughs> I realized you don't need to say yes. But yeah. now it is just like a brick wall of like a blanket, I don't do this. So when you email me asking for a guest post, I don't do guest posts on my blog. If you ask me for links, to your site, which people do for SEO purposes. I just don't do it. It's a blanket no. If you want to come on my podcast, I get emails from people who want to be on the show and I get emails from agencies, podcast booking agencies. Oh my God, they're so annoying. I, it's just a blanket no. It's just like, I don't do this. 
because it eats up so much time and I don't actually care that much. And I don't know these people. That's the thing. If yeah. Raina emailed me tomorrow, be like, hey, I got an upcoming webinar I'm going to do. I would love to be on your podcast. It would be a blanket yes, almost, because we're friends and we know each other. And I have a lot of those people. And quite frankly, that's like 50% of my podcast guests over the past two years yeah. are like repeat guests that I already knew. I just wanted to hang out with more. I just wanted to chat with more. So I think the the non-negotiable is anybody I don't know who's looking for something from my business, even not like asking me for money directly or whatever, but looking for anything like that. It's just a blanket no at this point. Yeah. You, you know what? That response just made me think about when you were saying that you've grown a lot as far as making sure, you know, feeling like you need to show up for people um, and not disappointing people. So yeah. you just created a non-negotiable that's like, if I don't already know you, I, <laughs> I am not showing up for you. So that was, a, yeah. I mean, you leveraged knowing that about yourself in a way that created some easy no's. Um, okay. Oh. So how do you, um, because we've talked about saying no to things and knowing that that might mean you are going to disappoint people sometimes. Um, and by disappoint, I don't mean like you've obligated yourself and then you didn't show up. I mean, people want things from you and, and sometimes we're like, no, um, or opportunities. How do you, uh, protect your schedule and your time and not just be sitting in the FOMO? How do you get over that FOMO, the FOMO. opportunities? The fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a good one. And I have, Two answers, because I thought about this beforehand. One, I have no idea who to attribute this quote to, but I did not make this up myself. Somebody else did. We, as human beings, are constantly overestimating what we can get done in a day and underestimating what we can get done in a year, right? We are short-term thinkers, and we make our to-do list a mile long, but I don't even know what percentage of the population doesn't do annual planning or vision plannings or even monthly planning or even weekly planning. Like we're constantly overestimating what we can do in a day, underestimating what we can get done in a year or even a month. So this, I started doing this years ago. I, I used to have just one like ideas folder. Whenever I wanted a, a new project or even a new completely different business or a new um, YouTube video idea or something, something opportunity. Like whenever that FOMO hits, I'm like, Oh, this would be cool. I should try this. I should do this, whatever. I default to just sticking it on the list, the idea list, because what I find is for half the stuff, 24 hours later, I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. Like, like and the other half podcast. of the stuff, that's right. Like nugget time. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> No. Uh, at the other 50%, I'm still interested in a month later or a week later or six months later. So as a good example of this, uh, well, well, the answer to the question is I don't miss out on FOMO. I capture all that stuff. I just don't get to it right away. I intentionally, you know, I don't know if you do this or not, but every now and then I'll force myself to, whenever I'm going to buy anything on Amazon, I force myself to wait 24 hours. I'll add it to the wish list like right away, but I, I will not allow myself to buy it for 24 hours. And then like half the time I, I never, I'm like, I don't want that anymore. 
<laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. Yesterday, I was like about to spend $35 on this thing. 24 hours later, I'm like, I, I, I don't care. I don't want that. I do this with everything. Everything. So if, um, Go ahead. So then instead of it being a no, it becomes a not right now or a not yet. And then you revisit it. Or in my case, I, I've always had this shiny object syndrome. It is a, I might not care about this a week from now. So honestly, I just need to let that week happen and then see if I'm still interested in it. And quite frankly, some things do persist. Like I have a mechanical keyboard, YouTube channel, and website now. That was a FOMO thing. I wanted to start right then. I wanted to set the website up and start blogging about it and making videos. But I knew a month from now, I might not care about this at all. And quite frankly, before that, I wanted to start a World of Warcraft YouTube channel. I'm so glad I did not do that. I'm so glad it hit my my FOMO list. So I waited a month. And even like two weeks in, I was like, I still want to do this. I think it's a good idea. I could monetize this. Like I could still do it. A month later, I was like, I am so glad I did not commit to this because I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Oh, this is a great idea. The FOMO list. Because I mean, people who start their own businesses are usually visionary. They've got lots of ideas. And this is a an ongoing issue. Okay. So that's awesome. Last question I want to know is, how do you decide what gets through the coffee filter and goes on your schedule? How do you make that decision? I don't think there's an easy answer. I think it's just a balance of mm. um, risk management. No, that was, I don't know where that word came from. Uh, just examining the... They've gone corporate, people. I know. <laughs> examining the expected ROI and the expected mm-hmm. direct cost of said activity i don't know but that is the truth like i don't think there's a hard and fast thing but i know it's just an intentional thought process now where i'm like okay i want to go skiing i want to do this thing or whatever i'll generally open up my calendar just to check i'll generally consult the to-do list or whatever and then kind of think about it for a second be like "Eh, i think i could do that or maybe i could do that tomorrow instead i really got to do this or whatever like i i think it's i think it's pretty normal decision making but Again, the key, and I said this earlier, but I really want to underscore this. I never did that before. Well, before like 2020, I I wasn't intentional about that at all. My default was just like, no, I shouldn't be doing that. No, I shouldn't be going skiing on Fridays. Like I just kind of defaulted to commitments and not letting people down and trying to empty out the to-do list every day of the week, which is the dumbest thing ever. Like I, Yeah, it is. In 2020, I just... I actually started making those decisions. I think it's normal. I don't have any hard and fast rules, but the fact that I do it, I think is a testament to my own growth. It is. Mm -hmm. So the intentionality behind each individual decision, because if you're intentional about each one of those, the the whole is going to be intentional is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend, Mm -hmm. Pete Nugget, (laughs) I have a friend who says, um, like there's no, there's only hell yes and hell no. There is no hell maybe. And if yeah. it is a hell maybe, then it, it goes straight into the no. Uh, and I thought that was kind of a, an interesting thing too. Okay. Have you read that book by Derek Sivers? No. I didn't know that was a book. He's the one that coined hell yes or no. And that's um, he did that a long time ago. And he actually just released his book. I think it was about a year ago maybe. It's called Hell Yes or No. You can go, you can go grab it. Huh. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Okay. So – as thank you so much for everything that you have shared and your 
transparency and honesty uh, around all the questions that I had. Um, is there anything you want to add as we close this episode out? Yeah, I want to get meta and uh, talk to, I don't know how many listeners we're going to have. Quite frankly, I don't really care. Um, but if you're listening <laughs> to this, you. I just want to thank you. First of all, I just... If it doesn't get a million followers, we're going to quit. Um, no. <laughs> stupid. No, I just want to thank people for listening. And I think I just want to give a word of encouragement and a word of uh, warning. And here's my warning. So I've been um, teaching people on the internet. I was going to say I've been an influencer for X amount of years. No, I've been, I've been producing content on the internet for 12 years now, uh, 13 years now at this point. And it's very easy to default to a mindset of Pete and Raina know what they're talking about. And I just mm-hmm. want to be also – don't let me speak for you. Oh, by the way, no, no I take that back. Raina knows what she's talking about. Pete <laughs> does not necessarily. This just happens to be a subject that we're both very interested in and passionate about. And hopefully we'll do we'll, – we'll have guests on that are equally passionate um, I just want to encourage people to take everything we say uh, with their own filters, the filter of yeah. your life. That's right. Yeah. Run everything we say and all the ideas we have and our guests have and run it through the filter of your life the best you can. That's all. I don't, that was a weird statement. That was weird. I take that back. I don't want anything from y'all. Y'all just keep listening and leave, leave us. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I like <laughs> acknowledging that this whole thing is a work in progress. Uh, for all of us, and it will change and it will evolve and what's most important in each season and for every person. But the big thing I think you and I have talked about a lot is that this is your life and no one's giving you a rule book. And I think sometimes we keep waiting for that and we just keep doing shoulds. And I really want listeners to own the freedom to do the thing they want to do. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Whoever is here with us right now, uh, we appreciate you, as Pete said. And uh, if you heard our last episode, you realize we don't have a sign-off catchphrase yet, but this is Raina Willick signing off. And... Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little throwback there to episode one. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Hey, Raina, why don't we serve advertisements or sponsors on this podcast? Mm, because we didn't want to do it? Oh, uh, yeah. But isn't there a way for our listeners to show that they enjoyed the Unbusy podcast? There is. There's actually two ways. Mm, go on. So first, they can head to our website, unbusypodcast.com, and buy us a coffee. There's a little button that'll let them donate any amount of money just to show some love and fuel our caffeine addiction. Oh, yeah. I love caffeine. All right, what else? They can also head to their podcast app of choice, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, 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 and leave us an honest rating and review. I like that. That'll make us super happy to read. Oh, yep. Alrighty then. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbusy Podcast. We hope you took away some nuggets. Thanks for listening, y'all. Till next time. Bye, Bye, y'all.